Brief one, this thing called love, the purpose and power of love and marriage. We're looking at love in this particular set of briefs. So our culture says some things about love, and we're going to look at that, and then we're going to go through and look at how you build a lifelong uh, love in marriage. The first thing we're going to look at is this thing called love, brief one. Culture says that love is about feeling and sex plus physical attraction. Uh, But love in the word of God is an attitude of the heart. We are commanded to love. Note that it's a verb. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It said in Deuteronomy, Moses told them. Love your neighbor as yourself, Paul said in Galatians. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, Jesus said in Matthew. In the Greek, there are four words for love. Phileo, which is friendship, which is conditional. You know, you do something for me, I do something for you. There's storgy, which is not in the New Testament. This is the love that parents feel towards their children. A love that blood relatives have for one another. Uh, It's a love because you're supposed to. Eros, uh, it's not in the New Testament. It's sex. It's it's, uh, good. It's an expression of love, but not, not love itself. It's actually closer to lust. It's selfish. It's really about you and not about the other. Agape in the New Testament and redefined. It's divine love. It's self-giving, not self-serving. It's placing the welfare of another above your own. Jesus at the cross is probably the best example of agape love. While we were yet sinners, Christ gave himself from us. And agape comes from God. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did Cain slay him? Because his own deeds were evil, while those of his brother were righteous. So do not be surprised, brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. The one who does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that eternal life does not reside in a murderer. By this we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone with earthly possessions sees his brother in need, but withholds his compassion from him, How can the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us love not in word and speech, but in action and in truth. And we'll find that in 1 John, the third chapter. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God and God in him. In this way, love has been perfected among us so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. For in this world, we are just like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear involves punishment. The one who fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And we have this commandment for him. Whoever loves God must love his brother as well. 1 John the fourth chapter. Some other points to keep in mind here. Agape comes through Christ. 
being bound together with him. Christ became one with us. He came to our level. Second, God is love. Third, agape love focuses on others. Fourth, agape love is self-initiating. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's proactive. Brief two, God loves you. In 1 John chapter 4, And we came to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God and God in him. In this way, love has been perfected among us so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. For in this world, we are just like him. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments, Moses said in Deuteronomy 7. In John 3, we read these famous verses, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now in creation, there are two Hebrew words for make. There's the word bara and asah. Now bara is creating ex nihilo, that is, something from nothing. And asah is making it from something that already exists. Now God creates by speaking. So in Genesis 1, we see, and God said through speaking, God brought the world into being. God, used the verb used is asah, the gardens, by speaking to the land to make vegetation. Uh, the stars, God used the verb asah to the heavens, so the stars were built from the heavens. The principle is created things are sustained by that from which they were made. So the fish were made from the water and they need it. The vegetation was made from the land and it needs it. Uh, man was created with both verbs, bara and asa. Bara to create the spiritual being and asa to create his body from the earth. So God spoke to himself to create us. He said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And he made us, in that case, it was bara to create us as spirit beings. Angels are as well, but angels don't have a body. So we are unique in all of creation. Now, God is self-sufficient and has no needs. And God is love. Now, love does need a receiver. The receiver needs to be like the transmitter. So God made us like him in his image. We alone are like him and meant to be the recipients of God's great love. Paul said that but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In Romans, the fifth chapter, when God speaks, it's a wrap. God's gifts and his calls are irrevocable, Paul said in Romans. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations in Psalms 33. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our God stands forever, Isaiah, the 40th chapter says. So this is the reason God works through humans, because he gave the earth to us to rule. Without God, we cannot, Miles Monroe says, and without us, God will not. How much does God love us? Enough to pay any price. In Ephesians, the second chapter, Paul wrote, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you used to walk, when you conformed to the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit who is now at work in the sons of disobedience. All of us also lived among them at one time, fulfilling the cravings of our flesh and indulging its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature children of wrath. But because of his great love for us, 
God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our trespasses. It is by grace you have been saved. We are to be like him, and he is love. Brief three, loving God. Man is really mankind, and mankind is spirit, because God is spirit. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth, John said in John, the fourth chapter. God gave man dominion over the earth and a body because the earth is physical. The first body was made, was male in gender. Adam and Eve needed each other for fulfillment. God said it's not good for the man to be alone. And so he made Eve uh, to fulfill the man. God's purpose in creating us was for us to be, have dominion over the earth. And that was his first gift to us. We were intended to have continual fellowship with God as we did in the first couple chapters of Genesis, to be recipients of his love and to have the ability to love God back. In fact, our chief purpose is to love God. To fulfill this purpose, we have to know him by faith first. And that comes through Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, which paid the price for our sin. Jesus basically repaired the breach between us and God the Father. In 1 John, the first chapter, we are told that he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Um, He fills us with the Holy Spirit so that we can walk in fellowship with our Father, and then we can fulfill our purpose to love God. Westminster Catechism says, What is the whole duty of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now, worship must come from the Spirit. God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. John 4. Praise is a help in that it sets the stage for worship, but it is not worship, contrary to what many believers think. Worship is spirit to spirit. Without words, it's when we lose ourselves in God. We can't worship God from a distance. We must worship Him up close. Worship, God gives us His love. We receive it and we give it back to him. That's that's worship. You need intimacy for worship. You have to be close to God for worship. Jesus said, I is the true vine and my father is the gardener. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, He will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John, the 15th chapter. Our life is in the vine as branches. The vine is where the branch gets its life and its fruit. And the fruit is the blessings that we produce for others. We need to stay close to God to be in a position to receive his love. James said that we should draw near to God and he will draw near to us. How can we get close to God? First, through prayer. Second, through spending time with his word, reading, meditating, and studying it. Third, through walking in the spirit of God. Fourth, through fellowship with other believers. As we walk with God, we will know him better and become more like him. Yada, remember that word? Yada is a word in Hebrew. It means knowing God. It's the same word that's used for sexual relationship. It means a deep spiritual intimacy. And so we, the, the, you know, the key thing in life, God said, let he who boasts in this, that he knows God. And that word is, that word is yada. Proverbs 1 and 7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
Knowing God means we know what he believes, his passions, his strengths, his weaknesses, though God has no weaknesses, his likes, his dislikes, what makes, what makes him work at the core. It's a meeting of our mind and heart to know his acts and his ways. The Israelites in the wilderness, most of them saw God's works, but they didn't get to know his ways. Now Moses, however, came to know God, and he's our example. In Psalms 103, uh, it says this, He has made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel, David said. Moses knew God's heart, while the people knew God's action. Obedience to God shows that we love him. In Isaiah 29, the Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules. They have been taught. 3-4. Loving yourself. Self-hatred is a big problem in our society. Self-depreciation and humility are not the same thing. We're told to love our neighbor as ourself, which clearly suggests we have to love ourselves. Humility is seeing and agreeing with God about what we are. We should love ourselves because we are created in the image of God. Realize and understand that we are totally accepted by him. And I like what Reverend Monroe said in another book where he said, we should be humble before God, but bold before man, especially when it comes to talking about witnessing and doing things for God. Now, in Ephesians 1, Paul said, For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. In Christ we are new. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come, Paul said in 2 Corinthians. As a believer, we are new creations recreated in God's image. Our approval needs to come only from God. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, Paul said? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ, he said in Galatians chapter 1. And in 2 Corinthians, he said, Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. We know to love God, then ourselves, to be in a position to really love others. Brief 5. Loving your partner. So men and women were created as spiritual beings, equal in humanity, personality, with the same needs. Equal in finding spiritual fulfillment in relationship with their God. Equal in authority and dominion over the earth, but with distinctly different needs because of the bodies that they were put into. We're told to love our neighbors as ourselves, and what we're going to do is examine uh, loving our partner within this context. We spoke about agape love already. A little bit of history, God needed someone to love, so he made man in his image, but with the physical body, so that man could have dominion over the earth, which is physical. Man needed someone to love, so God made woman, so man could have someone to love. God gives to man who gives to woman. Woman receives. When men fail to give, they are malfunctioning. When women can't receive or are forced to give, they malfunction, according to Miles Monroe. And this is visible, he says, even in um, you know, the organs of the, different, of the different bodies, the different genders. The male is made to give. The man provides the seed. 
female to receive. This is again according to Reverend Monroe. Principles of males and females. First, the male gives and the female responds. Second, the male commits and the female submits. Third, if the male abuses, the female refuses. Fourth, when a male shares, the female cares. Fifth, when a male leads, a female follows. Now there's a word, pronoe, which means to provide. Uh, it's translated as provide, to provide in, in Timothy, where he says, anyone who does not provide for their family is worse than an unbeliever. But it really means to look ahead, to foresee, and that's the role of the male. Now the role, there are needs that play a role in, in uh, marriage and love, and needs actually drive human behavior. They determine whether or not we are fulfilled. Unmet needs frustrate. The key to life is meeting our needs um, and meeting the needs of our spouse in the spousal relationship. Our focus should be on meeting the needs of our partner. Likewise, the partner's needs should be on meeting our needs. Some of the needs of males, sexual fulfillment, uh, Reverend Monroe puts at the top of the list, recreational companionship, next, attractive uh, women, that is because the man is visually stimulated, so the wife doing what she can to make herself attractive. Uh, domestic support, peace and comfort in his home, admiration and respect as the fifth. For the female, Reverend Monroe suggests the needs hierarchy goes like this. First, affection, physical and verbal expressions of love, gifts, hugs, flowers, words. Uh, second, communication and conversation. He says that the husband needs to talk to the wife. This is critical. Third, honesty and openness. Fourth, financial support. Fifth, family commitment. She needs to feel that he puts her ahead of other women, that he will always be there, and that his family has top priority with respect to his time. Hi, thank you for listening to this brief. We have plenty more at ChristianBrief.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-B-R-I-E-F.com. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And hope you check out some of the other briefs at ChristianBrief.com.